0: Hello, America, and welcome to the Friday edition of John Solomon Reports. I know you're probably tired, you're thinking about that weekend, or maybe you're watching CPAC Live from Orlando, Florida, where the uh, largest conservative political uh, meeting of the year is occurring. Yes, everybody's wondering, what will President Trump say on Sunday? Uh, We have a lot uh, going on there, but whatever you're doing today, we've got our last show of the week, and I think it's a fun one uh, we're going to bring on the show in a few minutes, a Republican. You may not have heard of him. He ran against uh Congresswoman Maxine Waters in the state of California this past election. He's a former Navy man. His name is Joe Collins. He's got a great story to tell because he is in that fight uh, that we call cancel culture. And he has picked a lawsuit and he has sued Maxine Waters for defaming him by when she claimed that he had been dishonorably discharged from the Navy. He says he can show in his records he wasn't dishonorably discharged. In fact, he was uh, uh, discharged with honor. And uh, he has sued. He's won one round. There was a default judgment against the Congresswoman because she didn't respond to the lawsuit. And now that she has responded, he's won three more rounds early victories in this legal battle. He's a Republican taking on a legend in the congressional back caucus, in the Democratic Party, in the state of California. Maxine Waters has been in politics for decades. She's a larger-than-life figure, lover or hater. Uh, you uh, you know her name, and you've seen her on TV and then giving speeches. She tussled with Donald Trump. Well, uh, Joe Collins is fighting back in the way that we seldom see from former candidates running against uh, incumbents. He sued and thus far, he's getting some traction with his lawsuit. We're gonna talk about all of that with Joe Collins. It's a really fun story. Uh, You may not have heard about it because a lot of the mainstream media aren't covering it, but it's starting to get some attention. In Los Angeles, because the guy's scoring some points in the court of law. And uh, so we're going to bring him on. He's an interesting fellow, very impassioned African-American, a former Navy man. I think he served 13 years in the Navy before he got the itch for politics. He's going to describe exactly what went on with the Navy, what exactly what went on in the campaign last year, what's going on in the court case, including the most recent rulings that occurred just this week. Fascinating story. If you haven't seen him on TV, haven't heard him on radio, he's a really interesting guy. He's got an interesting story, and uh, uh, we're going to bring him on as as we cover one of the most important subjects of our time, which is cancel culture. All right. We had a lot of fun with the uh, Stefan Halper story, as you know. The latest declassified documents. On Monday, when you wake up in the morning, before we get on the show, we're going to do something fun for you. We're going to put together the 30 most important documents. If you're somebody who's followed the Russia case and you want to see what are John out of the 10,000 pages of documents, actually 30,000 pages of documents I've now read in the Russia case. What are the top 30? that have been declassified because they've come out in little bits and parts. I want them as one repository. Could you do that for me? And the answer is, we're going to do it for you. This was actually, believe it or not, an idea that came out of our readers who suggested it about two weeks ago in an email to me over the website, and we're doing it. So on Monday, we're going to have a story on the site when you wake up, the 30 most important Russia collusion declassified documents that are guiding John. Durham's investigation. These should be the documents most important to uh, John Durham. There may be others, but these are some really important ones. We're going to put them all together for you. You're not going to have one easy location to get them. We'll also do a separate story on uh, the 20 or 30 most important stories that we broke on Just the News in the last year about Russia uh, collusion. And I just said last year because it's important. Guess what? We're a year old this week. That's right. Just the news is a year old. We started in February 2020, just before the pandemic began. We've been around. We're so grateful to continue to serve you and uh, have this podcast do all the amazing things we get to do on a daily basis. We want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for all you do. All right, uh, one last thing. We're going to go to commercial break and then we're going to come back with Joe Collins. But before we do, CPAC has begun. It's not in Washington, D.C. It's not in the swamp this year. It was moved to Florida because Florida had a more favorable COVID policy. Ron DeSantis, the governor there, has been able to keep his state more open than the Californias, the New Yorks, the Washington, D.C.s. Uh, and as a result, CPAC moved its money to Florida this year, and it's ongoing. And today was the first full day. And uh, I just want to give you a big picture view of what we're hearing and seeing in the early speeches and the early interactions, the early panels at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Uh, Orlando, Florida, the big takeaway, the big picture is, and I think this is a a true story, uh, that the conservatives are sending a message. If you're not on board with the America first Trump version of conservatism, you may want to move on, uh, that the conservative wing of the Republican Party and of the conservative movement are all in on Donald Trump's policies. Whether they're in on him, we'll find out on Sunday, right? But the policies that brought in blue-collar workers, that brought in Latinos and African-Americans and small business owners who used to be Democrats or independents and brought them into the 70-plus million that voted for Trump in the fall election. Uh, We're going to continue to pursue those policies. And if you're one of those country club Republicans, like they used to call them, you know, either get on the program— or get off the train. That's the message of the first day. It is a full embrace of the Republican Party as it finds itself now in the era of Trump and not the Republican Party that gave us, you know, uh, Dick Cheney or, or uh, George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush. Uh, this is a strong message that's been delivered speech after speech after speech. Uh, from Tom Cotton to Governor Ron DeSantis, who kicked it off with quite a roaring speech. If you want to catch up on all that's happened, go to justinnews.com. We've got full coverage, and you can click on the television player and watch it all day, all night. We're live there in consultation with our partners at Real America's Voice. We're almost there. All right, Uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be our exclusive interview with Joe Collins, a former congressional candidate, Republican from Los Angeles, In his legal battle with Maxine Waters, the longtime congresswoman from Los Angeles. We'll be back right after these great messages from our sponsors, our advertisers, the people who make this show possible. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens, All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest with a very cogent story. This is a a twist on cancel culture that has really caught my attention. Uh, And uh, he's fighting back. He's not taking it. Uh, Joining us from California is Joe Collins. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I am amazed by your story. And uh, you uh, ran against uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters in California. And over the course of that, she created a false storyline about your background. You're a Navy man. You served your country well. Uh, Tell us how we got this point. Give us some of the background. You're running. You're trying to take on one of the more established Democrats in California. And then all of a sudden, what does Maxine Waters and her team do to you?
1: Well, she started uh, creating rumors saying that I was dishonorably discharged. You know, and and that was the, it, it really made me upset because you know, as a 13-year U.S. Navy veteran, combat veteran, served in Iraq, you know, lost everything um, fighting for this country. Right. To have somebody tell me that I was probably discharged, especially somebody who sits in Congress, was absolutely disrespectful. So we sent her um, and the media outlets that she was using a letter to stop running false advertisement, along with a copy of my DD-214. And she completely ignored it and spent more millions of dollars running advertisement. And uh I guess she thought we were joking. And uh the next month we went ahead and we sued against her for defamation, libel, and, and and slander. Um she thought the lawsuit was a campaign stunt, even though I never put it in the media that we that we filed a lawsuit. Right. And she ignored it and she went into default. And uh, you know, after the default was in her, then she started trying to put in paperwork because she she saw that I wasn't playing games. Yeah. And uh and, and here we are now, Maxine's trying to get documents filed to the court the last minute, even though she's already uh, defaulted. And it's, 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 it's been a complete mess. We won in court yesterday. We whipped up on a pretty good in court That's yesterday. what
0: I heard, a big fought. moment. So tell us what happened yesterday. That's a big a big deal.
1: So she filed an anti-slap motion, a free speech um, uh, motion, to say that what she said was part of her free speech rights, which was ridiculous. This, this is America. You can say what you want to, but you got to pay if you lie. Right. You know, and that that's where she's at. But the judge denied that Um, the continuation she wanted to file. The judge denied that as well. And the motion to set aside the default. The uh, judge denied that as well because she was already in default and trying to file all these other paperwork. Wow. And even even a motion to to get a trial, the judge denied that as well. And uh, so now we have to go to a uh, we have another court date on the 24th. Okay, and on uh, this court day, I, I get to ask her whatever I want to, Maxine, and she has to. So this to will be March myself. 24th, a month from now. Yep, March 24th, we're about to dig all up into her personal life. All the stuff people complain about, you know, her corruption is going on record. Wow.
0: So let's uh, let's tell people what really happened. You worked for in the Navy for 13 years, right? Uh, yeah. And how did you get separated? How could she be so wrong about this?
1: <laughs> so this is what happened. I wanted to get in politics. Right. And uh, I had served 13 and a half years already. And I was going back and forth with the command about, you know, the way to proceed about uh, getting into politics. So I ended up becoming a presidential candidate, which falls within a gray area because you have to request permission from the secretary of the Navy. Right. And then um, file a document after you get the approval. But I filed the documents and then turned around and got the uh, request from the secretary of Navy. And then I got a separation uh, general under honorable conditions. Um, separation from the military and whenever I was whenever I first got out the military I was homeless, I didn't have anywhere to go burn through my savings because I do have children and I filed a lawsuit against the military uh, because I thought that I wasn't getting my benefits because I have a general under honorable conditions, I didn't know that the VA system was extremely broken, I hadn't got any, uh, I hadn't got seen by any VA practitioners, any um you know any therapist any anybody and when i filed the lawsuit my benefits came through but wow. the lawsuit the go ahead
0: no that's amazing but you had to mm-hmm. sue to get the benefits that you're entitled for having served your country
1: yeah <laughs> the irony yes. but um it's the sad. defense for the military said that i was dishonorably be discharged and i'm like that's not what my DD 214 says but right. i guess that there was that's what they were going to use my benefits came through. I let the lawsuit drop because I didn't want to sue the military. I just wanted right. my benefits, and right. I think that's where Maxine got that from.
0: And and your uh, the the form that shows your separation from the military shows that you were. What's the exact terminology that it uses?
1: Uh, general under honorable conditions. This is on my DDT fourteen. Yeah. This is on my even even a certificate of honorable service. Even my separation of physical documents for my disability and and everything says. Honorable conditions. I'm medically retired. I get all my benefits. My children get benefits. I'm in college right now as well. And uh, my goal is to represent the area where I'm from. Maxine's been there for a long time and she's done uh, an egregiously terrible job.
0: What is the reaction, Ben? I mean, this is a David versus Goliath battle, right? You're taking on one of the longest serving members in Congress, one of the largest and most colorful figures in the Democratic Party, and, <laughs> um, and uh, one who isn't afraid to grab the microphone and use it to her advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the reaction been in the congressional district, in the area around you, in your neighborhood, taking on a Maxine Waters?
1: Oh, the people love me. They're sick of Maxine. One of the biggest things that I hear in this past election, because we pulled 80,000 votes in the D plus 54 district. This has never been happened. It's never happened before. We only have 37,000, uh, Republicans in the district, but a lot of people are saying, you know, we're sick of Maxine Waters. We would have voted for you, but we didn't know who you are. You're brand new. and You just popped up out of nowhere. Right. But we got you next time. And so we're, we're definitely looking forward to next time. After this stuff that happened with this lawsuit, um, At the court yesterday, we immediately restarted our campaign to run against uh, Maxine Waters. She uploaded to the court docket my social security card and my birth certificate. So now all my information is floating across the United States public for anybody who want to get it. Wow.
0: So do you think that was a form of doxing? Is that what she was trying to do?
1: She did. Yeah, she absolutely did that. She did it on
0: purpose. Wow. And uh, when you step back, it's kind of funny that a Democrat, uh, or ironic, I don't know how you look at it, but uh, a Democrat's arguing free speech to protect uh, the falsehoods that she said during the campaign at the same time. Many liberal institutions the Democrats are trying to silence Republicans and conservatives. Um, is that resonating in some way that there's a double standard hip, uh, hip, uh, hypocrisy here that's a really uh, here or she's clinging to a First Amendment that Democrats seem to have been uh, scraping at and uh, reducing over the last few uh, years?
1: Yeah, well, it's always a hypocrisy when it comes to the Democrats. I, didn't, I don't even understand why they lie so much. And, and here's the thing that gets me, right? The Bible says if you lie, you lose days on earth. But these people live to like eighty-nine years old. I mean, you look at Maxine <laughs> Waters, she's 82. Right. And Feinstein's yeah, like 87. Nancy Pelosi's 80-something. Chuck Schumer's 78. It's just like, Jesus Christ, Where? <laughs> how long are they supposed it's to be It's an old crowd. There's no sure. doubt about yeah. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they, it's a, it's a they really matter. are the poster children of this sort of career politician that uh, has uh, thrived in Washington for so long the you're going to run against her in 2022 that's an important um moment uh what did you learn from your first campaign how you were going to approach 2022 differently and do you really think you can knock off one of you know one of the longest serving members in congress
1: so one thing that i learned um from this last election is we should have collected the ballots wow they collected the ballots and turned them in through turn ours in that's right. the game they played. we should have played the same exact game a lot of Republicans are always too nice. They expect everybody else to be nice um, with them. But it's just, you know, that's just, unfortunately, they don't know how the game goes, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to play the game where I'm going to continue to lose. I want to win. And so we're going to do the same thing. Now that we did. So, is doing California. Yeah, that's right. It's we're legal in California,
0: unlike other states. So, um, so you're not going to unilaterally disarm, right? You're going to do it just like the Democrats
1: do. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a smear all over the place soon as we get all her dirt on that on um, on court documents on public record and get her answering and, and hopefully she don't lie because i'm gonna have all the documents everybody's getting the truth about the black community they think Maxine love them trust the black community she did that no justice no peace in the 90s. destroyed south Lake people gonna know
0: yeah, the when you when you look out, uh, what inspired you to run? You know, you, you're serving your country in the military, in the Navy. That's a, an amazing career in and of itself. What inspired you to want to get into politics? When is that moment when you said, you know what? I I love doing this job with the Navy, but I want to go make a difference in Washington. When, when did that moment hit you?
1: I used to listen because in the military, we listen to CNN and MSNBC. They don't put Fox News on. So I would hear how they were spinning stories on President Trump. And I'd be like, no, I don't really like this guy. And one of my mentors, like, you need to go back and watch the entire speech, look at how people are reporting it and make a real determination. And that's what I started doing. I'm like, OK, so they're lying on him. And um, that's what made me really want to get in politics.
0: Wow. And you pick a Republican over Democrat. Uh, wh- what's the value? I mean, you're going through that journey, right? What makes you pick the Republican Party?
1: I became a Republican back in 2003 when I was first eligible to vote and no I joined yeah. the military. Yeah. And so, you know, my mentors would tell me, you you pick your political party, and the people who you want to vote for based on the values that best align with you. And so you go back and you do the history in the Republican Party. Like, oh, it started by black men. That's important to me because I'm a black man. Oh, anti-slavery, absolutely important. And then you go compare that to the Democratic Party. Oh, you guys fought to keep slavery going. You guys create the Ku Klux Klan. You guys change the name of the game from... You know, physically lynching and hanging and killing people to doing it by creating laws that allow for that same thing to happen, which is, you know, paper genocide. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't need the government in my business. I don't need any handouts. I don't want to be murdered by some laws that Democrats have instituted. And I'd rather have an opportunity to create the type of future that I want instead of somebody telling me the type of future that they want me to have. And, it was a no-brainer for me.
0: It's um, it's interesting to hear you cycle through the decision points. Because I think a lot of people have those same uh, value system. And so the, do you see in this moment, and I think I've heard you say this in other places, uh, that the the way the parties are evolving right now, that for not only African-American and Latino voters, but in general young voters, the young voters who are trying to determine their own destiny, that the Republican Party has sort of become more welcoming to them, more connected to them than, uh, let's say, 20 years ago when, you know, people would call it, oh, that's the country club party, the Republicans. Why Is there this connectivity to younger people, to minorities, to people who traditionally weren't in the Republican tent uh, 20, 30 years ago?
1: It just, it really depends, you know. And a lot of people don't like hearing this, but it depends on your ethnicity. When you talk about the black and Latino community coming into the Republican party, depending on where you're from, if you're not from a a more affluent community, then even when you want to become a Republican, you're judged. You're judged by the way you think you judged by the way you, you were brought up. You judge by the way you want to pursue your ability to get in politics or or join a political party. And um, whereas if you came from a more affluent Community you could just hop in and agree with the narrative that anyone paints for you if it sounds good. so I would say that the younger generation from that more um, not so affluent like the inner cities right. would become independent and vote for who they like whereas if you're from a more affluent community, then you can jump on a republican party and 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 run with it. but when it comes to all out being a straight Republican for blacks and latinos and Asians from the inner cities one thing that we had to combat with is the narrative that the the mainstream republican talking faces for that ethnic group yeah. says and people believe it is true like i'm from south central los angeles i grew up with gangs right. i grew up with gun violence drug violence and and poverty and so my influencers were my uncles who were gang members it were Um, You know, the basketball players, the NBA players, my dad, who is an entrepreneur, I didn't have influencers who were in politics or who were attorneys or judges or who can give you what you need in order to make better choices. And so when we tell that to people, they say, well, it shouldn't be about color. All you got to do is make better choices. And it's like, well, how can you make a better choice if the better choices are never presented or offered or even brought to where I came from? That's you a, know, and I think that's that's the biggest uh, rift when it comes to you know ethnicity and and being a Republican um, and, and the mainstream talking faces versus the people who are from the inner city who want to be involved in something more positive than themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, we had Larry Elder on the show uh, maybe a couple months ago when he did his. Um, most recent documentary. And he talks about this peer pressure in the African community not to yeah. join the Republican party and all the stereotypes <laughs> and all. Uh, and, you know, when you watch the movie, you realize it's real. I mean, uh, th- this dynamic is not something that, you know, is written about in a book. It's a real dynamic. And those who step out and, and decide, you know, these are my values and I don't care what you're going to say about me. They, there's a cost sometimes for that in, in the yeah. community and in the neighborhood and the family that, that you might you know, be involved with. Well, um, what, uh, when you now you're, you're, you'll have this lawsuit play out, that'll be an interesting uh, moment. Uh, like I said, a David and Goliath thing, when you get back to the campaign trail, uh, what's the message for 2022? How do you take back? I mean, this is a district that I don't think's ever gone Republican in modern history. How do you get, how do you take that district back? What's the message that you're going to go to the street with and, and say, give me a shot. I, I think I, I can do something different.
1: Well, I'll tell you this with, um, with me being a uh, figure in the community now, and people trusting me and, and looking forward to me being that leader, looking to me to be that leader, uh, we started our campaign right back up, like officially yesterday, like relaunched our wow. campaign. One right from the courtroom those- to the campaign and filing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we moved to a new office and and everything. I don't, I don't like, I don't like people forcing people to be in poverty. I don't like poverty politicians. And so my message to the community will be, you know, we're going from, from poverty to, uh, to wealth, from, from welfare to wealthy. And, um, you know, people have to start waking up to what these politicians are doing. You know, when I walked in front of Maxine's house, I showed the contrast between how she and other elitist Democrats are living compared to how people who live in a, in an actual city And, you know, Maxine has been absolutely silent on issues when it comes to the inner city, like gun violence is up 702%. But instead of addressing that, Maxine is praising, you know, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion on a song called WAP, which idolizes the female genitalia. And it's like, that's great, but my kids can't listen to that. So how is that empowering my children? And if my daughters idolize their genitalia, then we have a serious parenting issue right there. You know, but we, we got to have these politicians more focused on the issues that are going on in the communities that they're supposed to be representing and how Maxine is doing it right now. It, it's, 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 time for, it's beyond time for her to retire.
0: Well, it's going to be a fascinating race and one that we want to watch closely, including the court case, because I think the court case is so important. This is this will be if, if in fact, you prevail, which you're on your tra- track to do, uh, this would be a historic First Amendment case and, and hold a member of Congress responsible for speech uh, in, during a campaign, which we haven't seen much of. You know, uh, history is filled with lots of great political lies, but very seldom is <laughs> someone held to uh, a standard. And I think that are um, held accountable for for one. And I think that this is one case that we're going to watch really really closely. So Joe, I want to thank you for the time, for all you're doing and for your service to our country. Of course, we're greatly in debt to you for that. And uh, let's uh, let's stay in touch. Let's have you back on the show as your court case is winding through to a conclusion.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely be glad to be back. And
0: if people want to follow you in the meantime, how do they get you on Twitter, Facebook, the campaign? What's the best way to reach you?
1: Yes. My email is joecollinsforcongress.com. It's all spelled out. Please go donate we're starting our campaign early. We're going to keep our foot on our necks, but the RNCA and uh, NRCC did not support us last time. I doubt they'll support us this time. Our campaign was powered by people. So let's do what needs to be done in order to get these politicians out of office. You can find me on every single social media platform at Joe E. Collins three.
0: Okay. Joe E. Collins three. Very good. Well, thank you for the time today. thanks for giving us an update on the court case. A lot of breaking news there. Cause the court case just had a big decision yesterday. And, uh, We'll be back at you and uh, checking with you in a couple months, see how the case is going.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day. You as Bye. All right, folks, we're going to go to a
0: quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Uh, Thanks again for listening to John Solomon Reports. We're so grateful that wraps up another week. If you're wondering, what should I be keeping an eye on this weekend? Well, keep an eye down south in Florida at CPAC. We're on Sunday afternoon. The former president, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, will be giving a speech. I'm sure everyone will be watching to see what he says what is his lean forward? Where does the Trump movement go next? Where do conservatives go? What happens to his frenemies, the people like Mitch McConnell and and um, and uh, Mitt Romney and others? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I think if the early message of the conference isn't clear, those who support Trump want those who don't support Trump to either get on the program or get off the train. Let's see if that persists throughout the weekend. We'll be covering it live all weekend. We've got reporters on it 24 seven. So you won't miss a beat. All right, folks have a blessed weekend. May God bless you. May God bless this country as he always has. Uh, we're so lucky to be in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. I'm grateful for you and all your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Just the We'll be back Monday. With a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day.